I'm going to minister on a scripture this morning that, that, um, that many of you dislike. <laughs> and, and not just dislike, I think we just avoid the, the, the scripture completely because it just, it just, why did somebody put it in the Bible? And it's found in James chapter 1, uh, verse 2. And I'm going to read it for you, and now you're going to know exactly what scripture is. But some of you want to share with it because it goes like a brethren. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience or produces character. And it's a scripture that uh, I think in the last 18 months, not many of us want to grab a hold of, you know. You know, we're not like, oh, no, thank you for COVID, HMPBY, yeah, we're so excited. You know, it has been one of those years and one of those seasons. I said to Erica this morning, I said, I laughed the other day because the woman that felt pregnant at the beginning of COVID, the kids are walking already. And I haven't even met them yet, you know? And I don't even know if they're babies anymore. But, but life has, life's thrown us this crazy curveball. And I must say, you know, just watching some sport yesterday um, and, and just watching a, a concert, it's so good just to see the stadium people again. It's just so, so good just to see the world slowly returning to normality, you know? And just normal. And I know they said in the beginning of the thing, you know, we're never going to have life as normal. I don't believe that. You know, we'll go back to where we were. We just had to be a little bit safe. Um, we're a little bit lagging in, in certain stuff. But I must say, the quite interesting thing is this, is that the Eastern Cape has the highest number of vaccinated people in North Africa. There on Thursday, they went over 2 million vaccinations. And there are only 7 million vaccinations in, in the in South Africa. So you yeah, are Eastern Cape, you know, whether you're a vax or anti-vax, I don't know, but I think it's a great thing. Yeah. Um, you know, that uh, so many people have jumped on board and I want to get life back normal again. But it's been a challenge. It's been a challenge. I think I've, uh, I've read the scripture, well, put it this way, I've read the scripture and ignored the scripture for probably about six months, you know. <laughs> Just uh, like, God, what are you saying? You know, really, do I need new character or do I need more character or do I need more patience? Or should not in that because everybody needs more patience. Especially us men. But um, I, I was thinking about this, this, this scripture this week. And I want to read a little bit further now. But it was quite interesting. I think because much of what and who I am today came through trials and testing. It, it didn't come through the mountaintop experiences. It came through the hard times that we had to endure. The hard times in my marriage. The hard times in our finances. The hard times in our kids. The hard times in... You know, just doing what we have. And I think I don't think there's one person sitting here this morning that has not been through some form of trials and tribulations and hard times. I think every one of us have gone through it. But I realized something, and I was I was there's my mom, she will she'll testify, but I think when I turned 16 I became extremely rebellious to any form of authority. Yeah. And it wasn't only just me. Don't you look at me like that, sure. <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I did. I, I don't know, for some reason, I just, I just became, you know, rebellious to any form of authority, whether it was church authority, whether it was teachers, whether... It, and, and at the end of the day, I just made life more difficult for myself. I'm not really understanding what I was rebelling against. I was just rebelling for the sake of times of rebelling. Um, and, and in that rebellious times, you know, my dad, you know, we as kids grew up, I mean, if he cut grass, you cut grass, you know? If you, he picked up the doggy do, you picked up the doggy do. 
And so from a young age, even though we didn't want to, and then we went and got job with our friends, and we wanted to go to the BMX track or whatever, there were certain things that Dad installed in us, you know, that had to be done around the house. And, and at the time, I didn't really enjoy it. And when my son came along, it was the same thing, you know. If I work on the motorbike, you work on the motorbike. If I clean the garage, you clean the garage. But I also realized that there's hard times and, and every single hiding I got. There were two hardings that I was unfair about. I will discuss that with them one day. But, um, but at the other 947, I deserved it. Right? But, but there was something, when your mind is not in the right place, when your mind doesn't understand the mind of Christ, when your mind doesn't understand who you are and what you are and where you are, you find yourself in rebellion to so much stuff. The problem is with rebellion is this, is that rebellion will get you nowhere, it will actually just lead to destruction. And I remember, you know, coming out of the trick and, you know, going into the police force, which is probably the worst place for us, but uh, I tell you, those first two weeks, you know, the, you know, you know what eight-year-old men are like, you know? We're unbreakable, unstoppable, you know, we, we can drink hard on anybody, we can swear loud on anybody, you know, we don't have to do anything, you know, we just finish my trick, we just these be the coolest guy in the world and go to the police college and within two weeks they changed my mind very quickly. <laughs> and those of you that went to the army, <laughs> very quickly, you know, um, and got you in line. And I think something clicked for me when I was at the police college where, where I was in so much rebellion for the hardship that we going through and what they were saying to us and what they were doing to us that I missed the fact that what they were doing was saving my life. And I want to hear what you're saying because I started to realize that the more I learned in those basic moments, in the, in the basics of, of my training, those were the things that made me live at the end of the day when I went into the real world. And I think sometimes we miss that. Sometimes we miss the character building moments that God wants to be important to our life. And so when we, when we understand God's mind and we understand God's love and we understand God's heart towards us and, and how much He loves us and how much He sacrificed and how much He gave up for you and I, that when the Word of God says, consider it pure joy, when we go through trials and tribulations, we need to understand this morning that nowhere in the Word of God does it say that when you become a believer, everything is rosy. And I think sometimes we give people that impression. Sometimes we give people that impression that, oh, if you just love Jesus, everything's going to be okay. So God always got the saying that says, when you put up your hand, you just duck. Because the devil's <laughs> going to take a swipe with you. And every one of us know that when we gave our love to Jesus, you know, the hard times came. The testing came, the trials and tribulations came, you know, the bad things came towards us. And uh, we were just trying to stand the straight and narrow and sold ourselves up to Jesus kind of a thing. Not realizing that God wanted to grow something inside of me and grow um, who I was. And I, I, I found the scripture um, that is actually what you Bible in Ephesians 4 verse 23. I just want to read it to you. It says this. It says, um, it says uh, that you put off concerning your former conduct to the old man who grows corrupt according to deceitful lust, he says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new, listen to this, the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So the word of God says you've got to understand that you were created. Yes, we were born into a sinful world. We were born into a world of corruption.
corruption and sin and, and all these kind of crazy things. But the Word of God says, you've got to understand something, that when we start to renew our minds and we start to understand who we are as believers and the calling of God upon our lives, that scripture simply says a very great thing. It says this, it says, man which was created according to God. Do you know what that means? That means that if we were created according to God, God's desire for you and I is to become more God-like. To become more Christ-like. To become more powerful in what it is that God has for us. And amazingly, when I looked up in the, in the dictionary and to describe the word character, alright, the character means the mental and moral qualities um, are distinctive to that are distinctive to an individual. So when they describe what, what, what character is, they say it's the mental and moral qualities of a person. What, how you act, how you behave, what you do. Interesting when I said, so what is the character of a good person? The person said this, in general, people who are considered to have good character often have traits like integrity, honesty, courage, loyalty, fortitude, and other impartial virtues that promote good behavior. These character traits define who you are as people and highly influence the choices that we make in life. So Caroline says that these traits are with integrity, honesty, courage, loyalty, fortitude, and other things to promote good behavior. Now I've got to say this to you, that I believe that every one of us are born good. I, even though we're born in the sinful world, I think we're born with the nature of Christ. And I think by every one of you sit in this room this morning, you didn't have to be told what's right and wrong. Somewhere along the line, we knew what's right and what's wrong. To this day, we know what's right and wrong. The difference in us is this, that we make the wrong choices. And we make wrong choices because we don't understand the mind of God for us. We don't understand who God is and what God wants to do in your life and my life. So when he says, consider it pure joy, what he's really saying is, guys, be excited to this difficult time that you're getting in. Because when you come out of this thing, the character and the person you are is going to be so much better. Does that make more sense? Now everyone, if you know that we're going to go through hard times, we're going to go through ups, we're going to go through downs, our business is going to be flying, our business is going to be nowhere, the church is going to be flying, the church is going to be nowhere. We know that stuff. But you see that when you come into a temptation, or when you come into a difficult time, if you come into a difficult time in finance, or you come into a difficult time in your marriage, or come into a difficult time you know, in church life, or in your relationship with God, you've got to understand something, that when those difficult times come, the Word of God says, there needs to be a little bit of excitement in us, because you know what, I'm going to be better than I was when the trial started. Amen. You see, we've got to get that. We've got to get that. Because somewhere along the line, we believe that every trial and temptation that God throws at us is to destroy us. I mean, I see people that die, they go, oh, why did God take this? Uh-oh. Sorry about that. See, that was a baby amen. But every trial and temptation that we travel, that we cut to, we've got to understand what God wants to do. Now, Kenny's on says, it says this, but let your patience or your character have its perfect work that you may be perfect and completely lacking nothing. Listen to this. If anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who will give freely to all, liberally, without reproach, 
and it will be given unto him. Now that's an incredible statement. Because he says if we lack wisdom, so when we go through trials and tribulations, I said it this morning, the problem with mankind, especially us men, is this, that we believe we can fix it. <laughs> we believe we can fix anything. Any guy here yeah, that takes out a manual to put something together, I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> I mean, there's really no need. Manuals are specifically made for single women that need to put things together. <laughs> Us men know how to put things together. Yes, it may be a bit of time, it might be longer, but it's because of the love and the passion that we really do. <laughs> and yes, even if we build a car engine, we do have spares. Yes, there are bolts and nuts that we're not sure where they came from. But as long as the car doesn't rattle, we're good. Alright? But the word of God says this so clearly to us and says to us that when you lack wisdom, so the word says, James is saying, when you go into trials and tribulations and you haven't got the right thing to do, or you don't know what the answer is, or you don't know what to do, the word of God says, just ask God for wisdom. So ask God. For the end result. What is the God that you desire me to do in this trial and tribulation? Instead of throwing our toys out of our pot, instead of thinking that God is punishing us, instead of thinking that we're the worst people in the world and then we're going to burn in hell and then we're going to die one of these days, instead of thinking the worst as we enter a situation, we should turn around and no, 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 wait. God, I'm in the situation, I don't understand right now, but I know this one word from you can change everything. You see, the problem is this, that we don't see God in our trials. We see God in chaos. And what do I mean by that? I mean that He goes from a trial and a test, and He goes into absolute chaos, where we almost can't say this thing, and then we want to say to God, so what do I do now about the mess I've created? Instead of when we know the trials are coming, we know the hardship is coming, we know the difficult times are coming, we've been through 587 days of lockdown, we know this. But the word of God says that when you enter into that hardship, when you enter that difficult moment, when you're going to make difficulty, the word of God says, hey, it's simple. It's simple. That if you ask me, I'm going to give you the plan to get through this thing, to navigate this thing, and I promise you, I will give it to you liberally and without interest. Now hear me this morning. Imagine if we started every situation like that. That then we know when the crisis is coming. We know when the hardship is coming. We know when our marriages aren't right. We know when relations are good. We know when the business is not doing well. And instead of trying to fix stuff, why don't we just seek God's wisdom? I, I believe it will make such a big difference to us. Listen to this here. The word of God says this, a reproach and given to him, verse 6. But let him ask in faith with no doubt, for he who doubts is like the wave of the sea driven and tossed away. For, for let not man suppose he will receive anything from God. He is a double-minded man, unstable in his ways. Let the lowly brother, uh, brother glory in his exaltation. The word of God says we've got to understand this kind of stuff. You know, that it's man that messes up often the plan of God. Now the carries on and says, Blessed is the man who endures temptations. And now I'm in verse 12. Blessed is the man that endures temptations. Now listen to me carefully this morning. 90% of what you came through started off as a temptation. It started off as a seed. It started off as just a thought in our mind. 
Do I do this business deal? Do I have this effect? Do I, you know, invest my money in something that I know that is not of God? I, I know, I've done it many, many times. Many, many times. You know, put my money in the wrong places and, and they're like, God, why are we battling again? Yeah, because you're wasting your money and everything else. But the Word of God carries on and says, Let no one say that when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. So we can't say that God is punishing me. I remember when I broke my leg. I went in with a motorbike with Sean and broke my leg in the arm in one fall. I did a proper job. And Sean used to joke with me and say to me, you know, is there sin in your life that we need to deal with right now? <laughs> and I'll pray for you. But I remember I was laying in this, in, on this cast and I had this family come and see me and they'd been to some kind of a prophet or something that, you know, does kind of stuff. And they sat down with me and they said to me, you have to realize that God's punishment on your life right now is just to build character in you. And I went, oh, I don't think James meant that. You know, like, Kurt, come here, break his leg, break his leg, Michael, break his leg, oh, break his arm for me. Well, maybe now you're listening a bit. We think that God does this, we think that God bankrupts us, we think that God does crazy things, we think that, that people die because God hates them. And the word of God says, evil cannot be tempt God, and so God cannot use evil to tempt us. And I remember going through that process in six, seven weeks, you know, having a broken leg and a broken arm and pass up the year and pass up the year. But I remember that time, it built so much character in me in those six, seven weeks. It changed so much in my life that I just knew one thing. The only scripture that came to mind was this, Romans 8, 8. For God was all things for the good. Even though I had a broken leg, even though I had a broken arm, you know something? I've got pins, I've got plates, I've got bowls, I've got titanium, I've got this whole bionic knee. And I sat in hospital and Dr. Papa Swart, I wonder if he's still alive. He said to me, and I've now told this story before, but he said to me, Sati, he said, you're beginners, and I can't remember the word. <laughs> and he said, you'll never run, you'll walk with a limp. And I said to him, Doctor, you do what you can, and I'm going to trust God for the rest. Amen. He put me in a class of Paris cast for six weeks. Then I had to go back, then he was going to put me in one of those fiberglass, what are they? Those fiberglass costs for another six weeks, and then I would have to do physiotherapy for another six weeks, and then wear this brace. Six weeks after my accident, I walked into his room with my brace under my arm, and I said to him, I need you to cut this thing off. He said to me, there's no way to cut this thing off. He said, you don't understand the operation you there. I said to him, I need this thing cut off. And for some other reason, he budged. For some other reason, he said, okay, tell you what, I'm going to send you down to x-rays, and you go have x-ray, come back. I went down to x-rays, I came back. When I walked back into his surgery, he was standing with a little grinder in his hand. And he says, I can't explain this, but let's take this thing off. You've got a physiotherapist to come and put a brace on my leg. I put the brace on my leg. A week later, I walked into his office and I said, I don't need this brace anymore. Ten weeks after I broke my leg, my leg I ran in ten days. I'm telling you this not because of this. I mean, I'm an old age catching up to me. Like 
But, but I'm telling you this, that what changed my mind was the fact that I was not being punished. What changed my mind was the fact that it was my own stupidity and bad decisions and bad friends <laughs> that, that led me to the situation I was in. And he, and he still here. But it was just a stupid thing that I did. And it, it was nobody's fault. It was my own fault. But in that moment, God seized those six weeks in my life to do something incredible. God knew I couldn't move. God knew I was laying in bed. I had one leg up there, one arm up here. That was it. God knew I couldn't do it. And so I had to get past that phase of, you know what God, is you taking me or this is going on or that's going on in my life. I had to learn quickly that it's not about this. And I need to say this to you this morning, church. Yes, we're going to go through hardship. We're going to go through trials. We're going to go through tribulations. We're going to go through difficult moments in our lives. And these difficult seasons, some of you are not in the best place right now. Not financially or marriage or kids or work. You're not in the greatest place right now. But I've got to say this to you. Wherever you are right now, the word says, ask God for wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. If there's anybody that has bought a fleet of bad cars, it's me. <laughs> a fleet of bad cars, it's me. I mean, you, you got no idea. You got no idea what we're doing with cars. And you know what? Because I wake up this morning and I decide I need a new car, and by tomorrow I got a new car. Not because I need a new car, just because I want a new car. Well, baby, I think it's time we trade in this car. You know, we spend so much money that it's 100% now, but let's sell the car when it's 100%. <laughs> and let's go buy another 50% car, you know what I'm saying? We don't understand that we make so many bad decisions in our lives. Until I got to the place where I said, God, you know what, I'm not going to buy another, and this is me, I'm not going to buy another car until I've left it on the table for two weeks. And so now, when I'm thinking about a car, we've been thinking about a car for the last three months. And we just haven't done the shit. Why? Because we don't feel that God has said anything to us right now yet. We know where we want to go. We know what we want. But we also don't want to rush into stuff. Why? Because I've made the same mistake 150 times. <laughs> and it's not only me. Don't look at me like, ooh, you guys are just as bad. <laughs> just as bad. You know, it's crazy the stupid things we do. And we seem to do them over and over and over and over again. I remember all the time when I was in the police force, I remember my pay was that I got out of everything a thousand rand. Okay, that was 30 odd years ago, whatever, but a thousand bucks I got out. And I remember, remember us guys speaking, and you guys will know, said, man, when we need to one five a month out, we're going to be balling. You know what I mean? We are just going to be rolling in cash. The problem is that before the increase came, we'd already spent the increase. <laughs> Who knows what I'm talking about? <laughs> you know, good, don't worry, when, you, when you're 65, you can inherit something. But let's buy a car now, because we keep doing this stuff. And when, then, when things fall to pieces, we do this thing. Oh, woe to me, God, why am I going through this? And I think God at times goes, Me? You've made the bad decision. You've made the bad choice. And the thing we don't understand is this. 
is that we will walk through the consequence of our decisions. We will walk through the consequence of our decisions. And this is the incredible scripture that, that I want to leave with you this morning. I want to get this into your head. I want you to understand something. Yet, yes, we're going to go through great times. But you're still here. Yes, you're going to go through issues in your life. But you're still here. The promise is that when we change our mindset, when we realize that God, everything, the word of God says, everything good and blessed comes from the Lord. Everything good and blessed comes from the Lord. And you need to understand that. Because you know what the problem is? I think we quickly run to God with our problems and our issues, but we very seldom go and thank Him when He accomplishes what He does. What is our asking and thanking ratio in our lives right now? And you know what? Every single day, let me tell you something, even when something bad happens in your life, I want to say this to you, is God guiding you out of the situation? And you might feel like your world is falling to pieces, and everything is going wrong, and you're just in the same place you were five years ago. I want to say you're not knowing near you were five years ago. God is ushering you. God is hurting you in this crazy season into what it is that He has to you. You see, we're never going to move and we're never going to change the world if our attitudes don't change. If our attitudes don't change. Petrol prices are going to go up. Food prices are going to go up. Our salaries never change. We know that. But we need wisdom in that season. You know, we don't go buy a V12 truck with our petrol price of 18 rand a litre. You know, who does that? Hey, me. Me. I do stupid things like that. But think about it. Shut up. Where's that scripture where women should be silent? But I'm telling you guys this morning because this year we've journeyed stuff. We've journeyed. You guys have had COVID. You know, most of you probably had COVID here this week already. You know, we've journeyed some difficult times. We've journeyed job losses. We've journeyed stuff in church life. We've journeyed crazes. We've, we've seen, had so many deaths around us. But I realized something that in this week, as I was preparing this, that your attitude determines your altitude. And I know that's all saying. But you know something, the way you wake up in the morning, and with what heart you wake up in the morning determines your day. And you know when you wake up in the morning, you go, Lord, I know that the word of God says that the devil goes with a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. But Father, I pray that when he does come, that you will give me the wisdom to get out of the system I'm in right now. That I will not hide, that I will not cower away, that I will not move away from the things of God. You see, verse 18 in close says, oh, let me read Proverbs 16. He said, Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift, Jeremy said, every perfect gift is from above and comes from Father of light, with whom there is no variance and a shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be the kind of first fruits of his creation. The old man was asked once, and he said this, what happens? Someone asked him, how long have you been serving God? He said, I've been serving God for 57 years. And the man turned around and said this thing, but what if it isn't true? What if there isn't a God? What if it happens in the Bible isn't real? And he said, you know, it doesn't matter. Because I know one thing, the teachings of Jesus have made me a better person. 
And the character and the person of Jesus has made us better people. But I think we've got to get our minds right. You know, let's read that scripture again. My brethren, be excited when you go through trials and tough times because it will build character in you that will sustain you for the next season. How do we read it like that? That's a bit different dream. Yes, he gave you stuff right now. But Father, what is the wisdom I need in the season that I'm in right now? Father, how do I make wise decisions right now? And thirdly, Father, can I please give the place where I don't believe you're punishing me when things go wrong? And when we get those three things in our head, everything will change. Are we going to mess up? Absolutely. Are we going to fall? Absolutely. You know, are we going to make bad decisions? Absolutely. That's just who our nature is. But at the end of the day, what matters most is this, that the Word of God says that if you hated us, be the first fruits of who He is. Now you can understand, and I don't mean land, wheels down. <laughs> the most important part of any harvest in the old days was your first take, the 10%, the first fruits. That 10%, this is this, nature has it this way, nature has it this way, that 10% of your crop always gets riper than the other 90%. How amazing is God, eh? That 10% always ripens before the rest. And the people of God would take that first food, that first crop that was ready, and they would bring it to God and they would give it to Him. And they say to Father, this is protection on the other 90% of what I'm about to harvest. It's incredible stuff to understand that there are principles in our lives. There are principles in our lives of everything that we do. You've got to understand something that as much as we sow, we're going to harvest. And I'm not using the 10% as a thought illustration. I'm using this, that if every one of us can just give 10% of who God is in our lives to other people, we become the first fruits. You know what the first fruits are? Farmers bragged about the first fruits, because the first fruits will then show what the rest of the harvest was going to look like. I don't know about you, but I want to be his first fruit. And when I want God to look at me in the morning and go, I'm so excited about the first fruits in first life right now. Because I know exactly what's going to happen to the 90% in his life. You see, we don't have to focus on the 100% of the problem. We simply need wisdom, we need discernment, we need a change of attitude, we need a change of heart, we need a change of mind, and understand this. Be excited when you go through hardship, because it will build character in your life. In closing again, I'm going to read that verse that, that Jesus says this in general. People who are considered to be gentle. Uh, to be generally good people are people who, uh, to, who have character, character of, of oh, we don't yeah. Yeah. people who are considered to have good character after, after a trait of integrity, honesty, courage, loyalty, fortitude and other important virtues that promote good behavior. I love that. I love that. I love the fact that God has a purpose and a plan for us. I love the fact that God still dreams about us. I love the fact that He can still turn around and go, you know what? I think you guys are going to get this thing right. Everything has changed. You know? Church has changed, the way we do business has changed, the way we do family has changed. And you know what? In the season right now, let's not jump to the other side of the coin. You know what? If we could spend 10% of the time we spend on social media in the Word of God, we wouldn't have the problem with God. I read this, I read this, this, this story the other day where, where it says 
a medical doctor, studies for seven years. And then he carries on and does a further internship to be a surgeon for another three. Then he practices for 10 years and he gives his, and gives his opinion of what COVID is. And the guy that has spent his whole life with Wikipedia goes, nah, don't believe you. And this is the problem we have in life, is that everyone believes the experts at the moment. You see, we don't need an opinion. We need the word of God. You see, we don't speak death into a situation, we speak God into a situation. We speak Christ into a situation. We speak Christ into our marriage. You know, and it sounds like a crazy thing, but you know when you wake up in the morning, ladies, that you need a husband, you start to thank God for a husband that is preparing for you. Whether you be a man, you start to thank God exactly for that man that's going to save your life. You know what, moms, dads, if you've got teenagers right now, I want to say to you, you start to pray right now for godly wisdom, eh? that God, one, will keep your kids in the plumbers and two, that God is preparing their partner for them now already. You pray into that. You declare that thing. You speak life. You wake up in the morning, I don't care, you go bang, bang, it's overdrawn, and you overdraw, it's overdrawn, overdrawn. You know what, when you wake up in the morning, and this is not positive thinking, but when you wake up in the morning, say, Father, I want to thank you that I'm alive. I want to thank you that I'm ready. I want to thank you once again that I can trust in your wisdom and your, and your knowledge to make some kind of a difference in my life right now. Amen. And you know what? God can do it. Amen. God can do it. Can we stand? I think we need to to realize something today that you're more than enough. It doesn't matter what our scars look like. It doesn't matter what our past looks like. It doesn't matter what we journey. We're more than enough. And we're more than enough because of Him in our lives. We're more than enough. It doesn't matter what we're going to face. I don't know about you. I will face everything as long as I face it with Him. That's all. You know, I just, I just need a backup. And so, Father, this morning, Lord, we've spoken about all this craziness in the world and, and what we've journeyed over the last, you know, I don't know, 18, 20 months old. But I also know that I have grown as a person in Perth in these last 18 months. I'm now able to handle things I would never have been able to handle two, three years ago. My attitude has changed, my character's changed, my morals have changed. And Father, I pray for change in every one of us. I pray that we become better people, that we become stronger people, that we become witnesses, that we will come become people that are your first fruit, that we were made in your image and in your likeness, and Father, as we made in your likeness, may we grow day to day, strength to strength, and become more like you. I pray for every person that is sick this morning, every person that is battling financially, every person that's in a difficult relationship this morning, any person that is, has maybe walked away from God, you don't know where you are. I want to pray for you this morning. Because the word of God says, Science, wonders, and miracles shall follow those who believe. And Father, we believe this morning that you're the God of the impossible. We thank you, Father, that you are the God that can turn every situation for our good. And we love you, and we believe in you, and we call the point to your purpose. And we honor you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.